All right, let's do it. Let's hit the books. Week seven of college football alongside the man, the myth, the legend himself, Mr. Joey Kanish. I'm merely Brad Powers. We're going to talk week seven of a loaded college football card. But before we get to several big games of the week, we always recap what we just saw. Recapping best bets, another winning week, mainly due to Kanish again. He comes out on top once again, although I won't mention an SMU-UCF game. I lost the one that mattered, though. That's what I, I guess, <laughs> you know what, I talked to the producer. They said with the schedule change, they probably got to avoid it. So, you know, I, 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 a man of, you know, a man of integrity, I, I would hate to have to avoid it. But, uh, you know, whatever the, whatever the network wants to do. Well, my tickets, I don't know what your tickets were on the game, but my tickets cashed on the game. So, <laughs> the delay or no delay, my tickets cashed. So let's talk about best bets because, I, I mean, 4-2 and two last week, 22-12 and 12 on the season. I'll, I always start with a negative, and it was mainly because of me because I liked Utah against UCLA, and for the second week in a row, I came up short big time against UCLA. I underrated that team, to say the least, coming into the season. I know I did it. They were really inexperienced. Uh, DTR, the quarterback, had been inconsistent for four years. Now he's playing like a Heisman Trophy finalist consistently. So, you know, I missed the boat on UCLA, so I lost with Utah. Also, what a terrible total I gave out on Florida State and NC State. Market said I was an idiot, and results said I was an idiot. The winners, you and I agreed on, on a lot. We'll start with yours. Oh, San Jose State, easy winner on Friday night for you. TCU, depending on the line, shop. Told you around a key number, important, uh, six and a half on, on last Monday. We cashed there. Uh, closes seven, seven and a half. Tennessee was an easy winner. Oh, we'll get to that and, and the failures of Brian Kelly. South Florida was another one we agreed on. L.A. almost went outright as a four-touchdown underdog. Let's start with some teams that impressed you, Kanish, uh, because I'm not going to mention one that I always start the show with, We'll, we'll just let them go by the wayside this week, that being a, a team uh, that used to play up in Pontiac. And now uh, oh, well, I think my, my audio is messing up. Did you say Blue Jays? Did you say Blue Jays uh, <laughs> blowing the biggest playoff lead ever? As of, uh, I, I couldn't believe that either. Yeah, well, well wild one. Yeah, no, that's right. But, uh, yeah, we can skip over the NFL if you want to. Yeah, we're going to skip over your team uh, there in, in Michigan. So, Teams that impressed you, uh, and I'll leave you the board here. And what stood out to you from Saturday? Yeah, you know, I mean, we were, and this is one we were against some people that have market respect with Tennessee. Uh, they came into it, um, and they they just laid out. Did they get some, you know, the you know some good fourth down variants in that game? Sure, but you know, the players they were missing. You know, Brew McCoy came out uh, and had a fantastic. He's kind of the player that a lot of people you know thought he could be once he gets kicked out of USC in that. Um, so I thought I thought they were fantastic. Um, you know, the offense, the defense was better than than I even you know thought it could be in that game. Um, that really, you know, second half laying the smackdown. Um, I will say, and this is oh. this is key. I'm not in love with them this week, but that's not the game that matters. The game that matters will be the game against Georgia uh, for our SEC, and I'm feeling better about that game. You know, this is a game against Alabama that I think we can – I agree. They're pressing every week. A few weeks ago, if you would have told me they had a, uh, a, you know, a puncher's chance against Georgia, I would have said probably not. Seeing a little bit of what's happened in Georgia the last few weeks, um, I'm willing to to say they've at least got got into that puncher's chance game uh, in that realm now. Uh, but if Bryce Young is back, I will not be riding the rocket top again this week. But great performance. Glad we could cash then. Uh, and I know we were very big on that. Yeah, I'll start with the best bet of the team that impressed me. I mentioned it already, UCLA. I mean – a team that I didn't think they had that in them this year. That's back to back. You gave me a weeks. softball through the head to head. You, you threw it up and said, "Yeah, Joey K, you want to go head to head on this one?" And I just I sat there and froze. Yeah. I didn't take it. I knew I was in bad shape. I mean, by Wednesday, market agreed with me the first couple days of the week, and then Wednesday afternoon, that flood of UCLA money came in, and I knew I was dead. So, uh, <laughs> and the game didn't play out that that much better. Uh, you know, I'll mention a team that we cashed against. That impressed me. Kansas, uh, a team that, I mean, lost their starting quarterback in the first half, only have three points on the board, and they go up and down the field with their second string quarterback in the second half. And got to tell you, if Daniels in the first half doesn't fumble at the goal line, probably dead in the water. They miss a key field goal as well. 
I thought Kansas impressed me. I mean, they got a ton of weapons. I like their tight end. They got a couple wide receivers, great at play calling. They're well coached. And even with a backup quarterback, they went toe to toe with the, I think a very talented TCU team. So Kansas, even in a loss, even in a game that we covered against them, I came away certainly impressed with the Jayhawks. Uh, another team for you. Yeah, no, I, I, I mean, I'll agree with you there. Of like the Kansas defense being able to kind of, you know, keep T. That that was surprising to me. I mean, basically TCU's offense was like we're gonna throw it to our round, round one wide receiver, and that that's yeah. all they had for a lot of that game was just you know lobbing passes to Quinn Johnson. I'm surprised that TCU uh, wasn't able to to be a little bit more effective there. Um, the fight, I gotta give them credit. I was not, I you know, I know this team. You jumped on the, the some of the steam early this week. Uh, I did not partake in this one, but the fighting Jim Leonard, the Jim Leonard era. Now, granted, yeah. they're playing the Corps of Northwestern, but absolute burial. They changed a few things around on offense there, uh, and I saw you like them again this week um, uh, against another you know Corps team in Michigan State. But um, yeah, Wisconsin. I mean, I mean, the biggest offensive explosion they've had since, what, when Ron Dane was on campus? I mean, I mean uh, yeah, so, like, that that was uh, a, quite a performance uh, in a, you know, like, I mean, that's a that's a performance that gets that those type of performances that get you the full-time job there for Jim Leonard. Uh, I think it was going to be there anyway, but absolute hammered them. And maybe it's not too late for them to make a backdoor run here at the, the Big Ten West. Uh, so, yeah, that was a uh, – that was very impressive from for his first outing. Well, I think even with a couple of losses in conference might do it for, for, for the West division. I mean, they're just going to beat up on one another throughout the whole season. So yep, it's going to yep. be last man standing. You're right, Wisconsin. I mean, this time of year, numbers are tighter. I mean, we saw in the last 24 hours, I mean, the market is just, I mean, there's no wiggle room. I mean, people are firing like you wouldn't believe. Monday <laughs> so, morning, I mean, early, early this morning. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm not the only one. Like, I, I do it, but. I'm surprised I see a lot of groups in the past that would wait until Thursday. They're firing now on Monday morning. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, Wisconsin was one of those that I attacked. I wasn't the only one that attacked that one. You're looking for fundamental changes. I mean, fundamental change was get rid of Paul Christ and his 1990s style of offense, and all of a sudden Wisconsin throws six touchdown passes last week. <laughs> yeah. And defensively playing a little bit with more emotion – I think it continues this week. I know the numbers gotten away from us, but I mean, I'm push came to shove. I'd still lay the seven with Wisconsin against the Michigan state team. You're right there. I mean, Mel Tucker struck gold with the transfer portal last year. Not so much this year with a banged up team. Uh, and, and I think I question some of the locker room chemistry. Cause I mean, that Ohio state final was worse in the box score than what it was on the final scoreboard. I mean, that was a, that Should've was a 50 like point a 50 game point. that ended in a 30 point game there. Yeah, I yeah. totally agree there. They uh they 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 fit the way I like to call it the injury point of, of no return there, where they don't they didn't have much depth coming into the season and, and they've lost players that that are just not replaceable, uh, especially on defense in the secondary, yeah. on the defensive line. Um and now, yeah, you're you're getting that where the season goes off the rails and now we're the a lot of people want to change a quarterback, uh, and they want the defensive coordinator fired. Um, I just don't—they don't have the horses to to replace what they've lost. So yeah, they're they're, they're kind of one that that's it's hard to it, their numbers are bottoming out so much that it's hard to catch up on here. Where they, you know they got faded by a touchdown last week, still didn't cover in a game that they should have lost by even more. Now this yeah. you know uh, you know opened up pretty short has been stated because probably I, I wouldn't surprise me if this closes above seven. You know gets. Upwards of ten, they just, they just don't have players. I don't think that a lot of, they're going to get a lot of those guys back. So yeah, they, I'm not sure where the bottom is uh, for Sparty at the moment. <laughs> we'll find out by the end of the year. I think it's a, it might be a three and nine, four and eight team at best this year. Yep. So not looking good there in East Lansing. Uh, I hate to admit it, I bet over seven. It, the the market was painted seven and a half. I bet over seven wins. That's that, folks, is what we call a loser. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I briefly, I mentioned a couple teams pulled some big outright upsets. Texas State over App State. That was a big one as 19-point underdog. Nothing really fluky there. I, I know App State won the, the yardage battle, but they were thrown from behind big time. I think their the App State quarterback threw over, you know, attempted over 50 passes. So that's why that one was a little uh, – if you read in the box score, don't look into it too much. Texas State was the right side there. Another team with an interim coach – Playing much better. They haven't given up. I question whether they might give up the season. It's Arizona State. I mean, I thought they looked good in the first half against SC last week, and then 
they put they're two touchdown home underdog. They beat Washington. Legitimate game, too. And they, and they lose their quarterback in the game. Emory Jones, backup comes in, gives them actually a better passing threat. They go up and down the field against an overrated Washington defense. So kudos to Arizona State with an interim coach uh, not waving the white flag. So uh, any other teams before we get into the, some of the negativity? You know, uh, where was I going to go? Troy, you mentioned them on the show last week. They are they are the, they are the biggest threat to, to my Mobile Dynasty there because uh, they they lay. I, I, There's a Southern Miss team that that I you know was kind of bullish on coming into the year. I think they had uh, some good performances. I actually bet some seven once it got up there. Um, and and Troy's just just laying. I mean, I mean now we're going to see the the Sun Belt battle, the Titans here, not this week, but following up when uh, they play each other coming up. But yeah, they're. And with a backup quarterback, how, I'm talking with some like, how did Jay, like, Troy's starting quarterback gets hurt, and you're like, okay, fine. How did they get Jared Dunn out of the MAC, who's like a, a decent G5 quarterback, to, to get the backup? I know he was on West Kentucky like three weeks ago, and then he comes to Detroit, and now he's saving their season as a backup. So, yeah, frustrating for us Mobile uh, ticket holders there, but yeah, they look good. So, that's going to be a. Uh, might have to might have to fly down, uh, you know, to the fun belt country for that one, and uh, you know, see what it is. But no, they're the real deal. I'm, I'm excited, very excited for that one in two weeks. Yeah, that will be. I think the winner there wins that side of the division, and uh, gives you if you bet one of those futures before the season, yeah, you're going to have a hedging opportunity against whoever comes out of the East. Uh, can't be James Madison. Looks like it's. I think That's another one. With James Bad, they're not going to get wow. any talk because nobody. They're, they're, they're going to go undefeated in the Sun Belt year one. Like this is because this is like North. I thought this is like North Dakota State if they got dropped in the Mountain West. Like they, they boom come in and they're the best team in the conference. They go undefeated. Like I mean, it's crazy. Right. They're just blowing. This is they lost a lot. This was supposed to be like a regression year for James Madison. They come up to the Sun Belt and they're just hammering teams. I bet them again this week. Why not? I mean, they they. They hammered uh, Arkansas State worse than the the, the scoreboard there indicated. Yeah. I think they outgained them by almost 400 yards. So I, it's amazing what James Madison is doing. I think they're approaching the top 40 in my power ratings already. That's incredible. First-year FBS team. Uh, you know, let's start with some negativity. I'm going to start with the big game on Saturday night CBS. Jalen Milrow, quarterback, Alabama. This Look, I mean, I hindsight's always 20-20. I should have had bigger money on Texas A&M because the market really, I don't think the market really downgraded Alabama at all. For, right, when you right. look at that 24 and a half point line, uh, I mean, it was right basically the same price. Texas A&M was got popped to 22 and a half, 23, right back to 24, like instantly. So you know, you're hundred percent right there. I mean, he has four turnovers. I, mean, I think he had three of the four turnovers. That's the most turnovers in an Alabama in any of their games in seven years. Then take care of the football. Obviously, he struggles as a passer. I, I just, I mean, one thing I'll say, Alabama does not have the wide receiver core that they've had the last five, six years. They just don't have a lot of playmakers outside of Jameer Gibbs offensively. I mean, maybe it's the Bill O'Brien effect. <laughs> I mean, that offense very stagnant, and if Bryce Young doesn't play this week, they're in trouble trying to keep up with the Tennessee offense. Although sneaky suspicion, hint, hint, wink, wink. I think he's going to play. Yeah. I think Alabama's going to play well, folks. So that's one where I think I'm going to talk myself into having an Alabama ticket uh, by the week because everyone's talking, you know, the demise of Alabama football. I've seen this story uh, before. We'll, we'll see with Tennessee. I think Tennessee's getting too much credit for uh, LSU last week, but. Jalen Milrow was a big downgrade. Uh, thumbs down for him. He didn't impress at all. Well, what about I don't you? think in, in today's college football, especially against you, know, you can you can do that run-based RPO without much of a passing threat. Like, that feels like something that's kind of been, like, solved by a lot of defenses and a lot of defensive coordinators where if you're not going to be able to pass out of the RPO game – it's really not going to be able to be that effective. And so Milrow, you know, even though he's an insane athlete and the size and that, like, it, it, again, Texas A&M uh, and DJ Durkin, like, they, they, they've seen this for years. They've got some guy, even though they're young. Like, so it, it, they just weren't able to, to, to really, you know, without that passing threat. And as you said, they're not that elite. You know, I mean, it's a Bama team that's had, you know, first-round wide receivers for years. That That's kind of, you know, taking a step back there, wide receiver. It, it's just, yeah, that it's totally different offense with them that I don't think can be that effective in college football anymore. Um, so, yeah, that one, I, I'll go, and we've dunked on this a few times, like that Virginia loss 
with no Malik Cunningham at quarterback. Yeah. That's a game that got steamed from three, uh, yeah. from Virginia getting three to closing minus three. Malik Cunningham, who, whose backup Brock Norman was so bad the week before, and to lose, not only lose this game, but to lose it by, you know, like almost in the end there, having no shot, getting blown out. I mean, this is I we've I mean we've saw some some coaches here getting fired by the end of the season. Not, not a lot of them not are most of them aren't year one or they they've been kind of down. But this is a disaster at Virginia and Tony Elliott. Um, I mean that that to give up thirty four points to that offense and that quarterback, get them out. I've seen enough. There's no safety. <laughs> like you you just know at this point we've seen enough data to know that. Whatever it is that Tony Elliott's doing, it's not going to work. And it's not going to take time because that is one of the worst losses of the entire season. Be careful saying that on Twitter because I, I said that uh, last week after the Duke game. And, oh, my God, so many Tony Elliott apologists. I, I didn't even think it was that controversial of a statement. <laughs> I mean, if you watch football, you can't, you're right. You can see it. I mean, it's, it's brutal. I mean, the market treated like Cunningham was worth 10 points to the spread. And they still, I mean, uh, it's just unbelievable to me that they don't even come close there. Uh, big downgrade, Virginia. And I don't think the bleeding stops. Uh, that, that's just beginning to start there. Uh, another team, I, you know, I, I go back to two weeks ago. Had they actually lost like they should have, what would the firestorm be like in Baton Rouge right now? After a blowout loss to Tennessee, you already got the fans getting grumbling there. They should have lost to Auburn, a very bad Auburn team. They, I mean, they got out game by almost 200 yards in that one. So uh, thumbs down for LSU. Brian Kelly, seen this story before, watched it for 12 years in Notre Dame. He plays a top 10 team. They're not ready. They fumble the opening kickoff, and away we go, not ready to play. I'm not that surprised. You and me, nice winner there. Didn't have to sweat that one, to say the least. No, I'm going to go to another first-year coach that – I'm not there yet. I'm going to give this guy a couple years, but it's bad because week after week we're seeing stuff first time since 1998, first time since 1999, first time since 1997. That predates one Bob Stoops. Of course, I'm talking Oklahoma and Brent Venables. I don't care that you're down to a backup quarterback. I don't care that you have to play Wildcat. Your forte is on the defensive side of the ball, and you guys are lost. I mean, I know it's Texas, and they got a lot of weapons, and Quinn Ewers is now healthy, but what a disgrace, 49 nothing in that one. Back-to-back weeks, they get absolutely demolished. And looking at the rest of the schedule, this is now an Oklahoma team that in, in a very competitive Big 12 where there's no layups. They're going to have to fight, claw, and scratch to get the ball eligibility, and I'm not sure anybody in Norman thought that would be the case. No, and you know what? We talked – this reminds me, you know, a few weeks ago on the show, we talked about Chris Reynolds being like uh, – you know, like one of the most valuable quarterback, potentially yeah. worse, like, you know, 10, 12, 14 points to the spread to his team. I, I'm, I'm going to put Dylan Gabriel in that bucket. They they, yeah. don't, they don't have a guy who can complete a pass without him. Like, they, they, it's, I mean, they're running Wildcat down 30 in the second half because they don't have anybody that can, like, like, play, like, literally complete a pass. So, they, I mean, and I know it's a new staff and all that, but I remember some Oklahoma beat writers saying, like, this is they 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 have no depth at the quarterback position. Uh, yeah, poor Mikey V there. You know, I know. I, 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 I'll be. I'm sure he's excited for uh, USC there. I, I look, I'm pretty <laughs> uh, no, I mean, this is one where like Gabriel. Uh, they've got Kansas this week. You know, it opened up uh, around nine. They all got bet down, trading around seven. I mean, this is one that like, if Gabriel doesn't play, should this line be three? Should it be a pick? Like, I think he's going to, don't get me wrong, but yeah. like, if he doesn't, I mean, I don't, there's not much of a difference between Kansas and OU if Gabriel's not going to play. So, yeah. Well, let that me one ask is, you this, if he does play, I think he plays. I, I, think so I think if he plays, it's a little cheap, to be honest with you. And, and you know what? I would lean that, and I know this is going to be, you know, about, I'm sure people, it'll be one where everybody's loving Kansas at this point. Um I agree with you that, you know what, if it got down, if I get under a touchdown, I know Gabriel's playing. Um, I agree. It's a little cheap there. You're well, I got to look uh, at Daniel's situation. Not that he's worth that much because, hell, the backup came in and played well. But I, I'm not sure he's going to play this week. So, I mean, it could be an instance where I got the second string, you know, quarterback for Kansas, and I got a guy coming back for Oklahoma. So, that's one to keep an eye on. I agree with you. I'm not there in the window yet. 
But that's one I agree. If it's under six and a half, I, I think I'm on fire regardless, just because I, I got an inkling that he's going to play. Yeah. You know, I'm talking Dylan Gabriel, but th- that's one that to keep monitoring throughout the week. Well, where there's a lot of value out, out so far this week. There's still a lot of quarterback question marks for a multitude of teams that could give you some value if you get in front of the news. So that's one to keep an eye on. Any uh, teams that uh, you're <laughs> the, uh, narrow pointing down for after last Saturday? Uh, you know, old friend of the, the Ann Arbor faithful, Brady Hoka. I mean, oh, they man. were a minute away from losing to Hawaii, uh, who, I they mean. got steamed. I, I, <laughs> it got steamed like three times. It got steamed up to 21, <laughs> then 23, then 24. I mean, it was just money, 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 money at San Diego State. And they were never covering that game at any point. They're down in that Hawaii takes the lead with a minute to go. Uh, so yeah, I was up late uh, rooting for for Timmy Chang to to you know get, get off the Schneider and FBS. Um, I don't know, like they. I mean, the Mountain West as a whole has been uh, incredibly disappointing in a lot of places, yeah. but they they just cannot cannot run anything on offense. Uh, and saying, I mean, that's a just it, it's one. Maybe we saw the you know the bottom finally coming in Hawaii. Uh, I couldn't pull the trigger on it, but um, that was one where it's like. Oh, my God. San Diego State is just horrific. Uh, and I'll stick in there. Fresno isn't without Jay, without the hang dog, uh, yeah. Jake Hayner. Logan Fife ain't it. Uh, and let me tell you, uh, the, I think San Jose State uh, wraps up that division this week. Because uh, Hayner, it came out today, he ain't coming back. And Fife, they've got more injuries than him. Uh, and Fife just can't. Just can't do it. They're a team that's got to score points. They can't do it without them. Uh, and Fresno is in big trouble. They made a bad hire too, Jeff Tedford. That retread hire. The only retread yep. hire that I can remember worked out was Bill Snyder, Kansas State Hall of Famer. Everyone else, it just doesn't work, man. Your health, you, you can't win two years ago. Now all of a sudden, you can, you can't. So uh, bad hire there. I agree with you. I mean, in the chat there, I see uh, Air Force underwhelming. You damn right, man. I mean, they've been a double-digit favorite in every game so far, and they got two losses. I'm going to have to sweat out a season win total of over seven and a half that had no business sweating out. I thought that should have been a winner. Uh, already moving towards that now, I mean, it's going to come down to the final week. So uh, you're right, Mount West has been bad. Now, Little Birdie told me that you might leave the stream if I bring this one up, but uh, another team that vastly disappointed last week, Tulsa, uh, that was bad, geez, really, really bad. Yes. So, I'm sorry. I mean, the Navy fullback is like I had like two like sixty yard carries. Like they're they're just handing it to the up man, and he's just running by everybody. Uh, that was one. Oh my god, the frick! You know, like I, I tell you, I might not show up to the Friday show. I tried to uh, warn you. I, I said Tulsa. Uh, I bet Navy. I know, well, yeah, there, yeah, then maybe, and then you know, I get the. And then I, I saw that condition. The bottom on Tulsa, <laughs> and then you're thinking, uh, and then they just could not. I mean, like this is a Navy team who hasn't even, even in the games they've covered and been in, they haven't been able to hit big runs or big plays and all that. They're just handing it off to the fullback, and he's running down the middle of the defense for seventy yards. So, yeah, hint, hint, I, uh, I'm about jumping off the aircraft carrier on that one. Well. I, I'm off the aircraft carrier uh, this week. I'm going to fade Navy. So that'll be pony wink, wink, wink. Yeah, we're going to ride, ride some ponies uh, later in the show. So, yeah, I, I'm i not buying what, uh, you know, just because they had their best game of the year. So uh, we'll be fading that later. Uh, let's talk some big games because there's a ton of them this week. I mean, there's five ranked on ranked matchups. That's incredible. Uh, we'll start in your neck of the woods. We got Penn State. Play Michigan, battle of unbeatens here. So Michigan very differing team. opinions from people in the market on this one, too. There is. You know, I, I mean, I'll start it off. My power rings actually like Michigan. Spot for me, you know, Penn State off a of bye. I mean, Michigan has not, you know, shown some weaknesses in a couple games now that they've gotten into conference play, uh, particularly against Maryland and in the first half last week against Indiana. I'm not a big James Franklin guy in big games, especially on the road. It, it man, six and a half. I, I I mean, I respect the money that came in on Penn State. I get it at seven and a half, but I mean, if you're telling me right now, give me a twenty dollar bill. What what way you betting? I'm laying the six and a half w- with the Wolverines here. Uh, 
I just uh, that's what I mean. I got to stick with my power ratings, and they say value on Michigan here. What say you? You know what? I'm. Uh, you know, I, I, again, I around a touchdown. I I just saw. I grabbed a little bit of early Penn State seven and a half. So it's not a, not no. a significant position for me either way. Um, it's one of those like at seven and a half. You know, I like leaning back six and a half. You know, I don't blame people for taking Michigan. I've seen people, you know, sharp guys I know on both sides of this one that they were buying the seven and a half, then uh, buying the six and a half. So. It's one Michigan now got a couple of injuries going on. Roman Wilson's been out. They're starting tight end. Eric Hall's been out. They're starting right tackle. Trent A. Jones went out. Um, I don't think any of those guys are going to play this week. You talked about the scheduling spot here uh, where Penn State gets a week to. I just think it's one, and I agree with you. Harbaugh's really, you know, put it to Franklin in a number of spots that he's been at Michigan. Um, yeah. I just think this is one that if getting the game plays out a thousand times i think it plays out under seven uh more times than not in a little bit of a you know a closer affair here um but i'm not i'm not in love with it either way i mean it's fantastic i can't wait to watch it um you know like i obviously you know i'll be rooting at home but it's not one that uh betting wise i've got too strong of an opinion either way it was a little bit of a small play over a touchdown for me but uh i i agree just raw no just if you did the raw number, I agree. Six and a half is uh, a little short, but a couple of situational injuries keep me off it. So, yeah, for me, uh, just one uh, to sit back and enjoy. Agreed. I am not to the window yet on that one. Let's talk about another big game. CBS, 3.30. Alabama, Tennessee, third Saturday in October for this one. Right now, Alabama, seven and a half point favorite. To me, that indicates that Bryce Young's probable – uh, not quite, you know, he's in he's going to be hundred percent healthy, but I, I certainly think with the, uh, with, with the Crimson Tide favored by more than a touchdown says he's going to play and they're going to need him, uh, after what I saw against A&M, I am not to the window yet on this one. I, I, I did bet it in the summer. I thought I had a great bet. I laid eight. <laughs> now I don't have that great of a bet, but I mean, come on. I got an Alabama with a quarterback injury issue. And Tennessee's exceeded expectations. So I do think I, at least at the time, had a good bet there. But that's nothing this week that I made yet, with the exception. I did play under, believe it or not. I think. Okay. Yeah, I think if Alabama, I mean, maybe their best defense against Tennessee's offense, obviously, is, you know, to, to, to hold the football. I think they're capable of doing that. Again, I question even if Bryce does play, is he 100% healthy? Can they throw it down the field? Eh, I, I, I have my doubts on that. So I did play under 66 and a half. I still obviously would lean under 65 and a half. That's where I'm at right now. Where, where are you at? Uh, you know what? I can't, I can't wait to see this crowd at three 30 with a Tennessee team. Uh, and uh, what the, I can't, I, I just, this is going to be one of those classic college football crowds uh, where, you know, the, 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 the average uh, BAC of the crowd, like 2.1. Uh, so <laughs> this is going to be a phenomenal one. Uh, but I, I played some seven. Uh, I know Tennessee did us right last week. Um, but number one, I agree with you. Bryce Young, I think, is going to play. He looked – he was jumping around the sidelines last week. You know, no shoulder in a sling, any of that, moving around. I think he's going to play. Um, I think they thought they could get away last week a little easier than they could. It feels like night. Yeah, I mean, Jesus Christ. It's at the tomorrow. Tomorrow, the Rocky Top rendition. But unfortunately, right now, we're talking about uh, betting, and we got to fade Rocky Top because – I don't think that Tennessee's defense is particularly good in a number of areas. Um, and they've got some injuries going on. And the, the unfortunate part is, like, they haven't really, like, Pitt was in the midst of exposing them. Then Slovis goes down. They haven't really played another opponent that's been able to do it. Um, uh, I just think seven with Young is cheap. And it's a Tennessee team that I'm hoping that I'm, for one week I got to get off the wagon. Um I hope they'll be able to, to bring it against Georgia. This one, though, in seven is a little bit of a discount. I'm not sure Tennessee's defense is actually very good. Um, and you you put Bama's defense. You know, this is when we're at Hendon Hooker. I, when he's going against this type of defense, he's just going to take so much punishment. Uh, he's a guy that, you know, runs a lot, takes a lot of time. Yeah. To buy. Like, this is one where Bama's just going to hit him, hit him, hit him. Um, I, I don't I, – I, that, that's it's scary for me when you're back in Hooker in this type of uh, – this type of a, you know, a game. So for me, I laid a little bit of seven again, same thing as Penn state, smaller position, nothing I'm, I'm overly, you know, bullish on, but uh, I agree with young seven is cheap. 
Agree. If you get seven, I think I saw some a little bit, a uh, little bit of juice there, Penny. Uh, yep. Seven. I, I would be in that position as well, laying it with the Crimson Tide. Another ranked on ranked matchup. Who had this one? Oklahoma State, TCU. Maybe the two best teams in the Big Twelve. Texas, I think, will have a say uh, towards that towards the end of the year. But right now, both of these teams, Oklahoma State and TCU, are both unbeaten. Right now, uh, we have TCU a home favorite, about three and a half. Uh, four, man, that four and a half at bookmaker, mm, I'm on Oklahoma State at, at that number. I can tell you that. Uh, I, I'll say this. After watching both teams last week, I kind of want to fade both teams this week. I wasn't impressed with either one. I know we cashed a ticket with TCU, but, man, I mean, with Kansas, if you told me before the game that, that Kansas would be down to a you know, backup quarterback, you'd hold Kansas to three points in the first half, I'd have said we covered by two touchdowns, not, not, you know, wishing and hoping that they wouldn't settle for a field goal at the end uh, and they get the long touchdown. So I wasn't impressed with TCU. Also, it's, you know, third straight big game for them. Oklahoma State, I mean, they played a third string quarterback. I like the kid, Baron Morton, for uh, yeah. Texas Tech. I think he's going to be the future starter there. I kind of saw that in the spring game. Uh, they got outgained and outplayed. I mean, they got a fortunate call early in the game where there was a, an onside kick that probably shouldn't have been given to them. Otherwise, they, I mean, there's possibility they're down double digits, and they still were down most of that game. So uh, I, I don't like either team, but, man, I'm going to play numbers. And right now, if you're telling me I can get four and a half, I, I would play Oklahoma State plus four and a half. Yeah, you know what? I, I bought some TCU real early because um, I, I – I, but I, I number. Generally, Greg, I was able to get in in a two and a half. Um, so – I agree. At under three, it was a buy play. You know, past that, it, it wouldn't be any type of, uh, you know, play. If anything, now, I, like you said, at the four and a half, it'd be. However, man, more, like that more, I think, honestly, like he got a little dinged up right before half and he wasn't yeah. really the same. And if that doesn't happen, like you said, couple that with the onside kick, I don't even know if they win the game. Like that, Texas Tech is just moving it up and down the field relentlessly. Um, I don't think Oklahoma State's defense is very good. Um, you know, Spencer Sanders has, has has in the game. They've been able to, you know, run. But the, the, there were some times in that second half last week where they had drives to put it away, and Gundy kind of, like, turtled a little bit. Um, and, and he's just, you know, like, they weren't able to really put it away until the very, very end there when Morton could barely, like, move around the pocket. So, um I'm probably still a little more bullish on TCU than I am Oklahoma State just in general. Um, so bought it for you. I wouldn't buy it at the current number, um, but I am not, I, you know, it, it's kind of a T. I I agree, like where you're, you're kind of wanting to fade both teams. Um, I think TCU is just a little bit better. Um, I, I will say that, like, Texas is like a, a Quinn Ewers injury in the first half against Alabama from probably like, Go to the. I, I just think they're yeah. far and away the best team now in the Big Twelve. Um, which in such a short period of time, uh, I, I can't believe it's that. Like I'm, I'm, you know, I thought this was going to be a much more, you know, top to bottom, even Big Twelve. Um, I think they, you know, like that they, they, they. It seems like they're with viewers at quarterback. Um, just, just, just kind of getting to that that uh, you know like that that top tier of the Big Twelve, kind of far and away from the rest. So. Yeah, I was, I've been a little underwhelmed by some of the other teams going here, but uh, it was a TCU play for me early. Nothing at the moment. Yeah, I'll agree with that, Texas. I mean, viewers doesn't get hurt. Do they beat Alabama? Maybe. Maybe even probably. I know He's they beat Texas Tech. Is, is it surprising I know how, how, like, this is a kid at Ohio State who I, I remember hearing practice reports that were kind of lukewarm. On just him when he practice was practice reports were lukewarm this fall. Camp. Yeah, yeah. Word was like, that he might get beat out by Hudson Card. You're right. So, but, right. I, uh, and now I, mean, he, I, I don't know. He comes out and he looks like he looks like the recruit that that he was built up to be. Uh, where, where you're like he does. I mean, he might be a guy that's just not a great practice player. But I mean, when the brights are light, he performs. And I think I'm, I got Texas up to number six in my power ratings right now. They're a legit football team, folks. Although. I mean, I, I like looking at the market. They took a ton of money up to 17 this week, and I saw right before we went on the air, I, I think that was a pretty sharp play at 17. That would have been my buyback spot on Iowa State this week. 17, I thought was too much. You know, Iowa State's offense sucks. Uh, that, that, that was giving Texas too much respect. Another big game. I think there's some value here. Uh, I see it's been 
group hit it yesterday, buyback on NC State. Then we're seeing more Syracuse money. I actually think there's value on Syracuse. I don't like Syracuse that much. But how much does NC State have left in the tank? Played a very physical game against Clemson a couple weeks ago. Played Florida State last week. Devin Leary ain't going to play. I mean, if you watch that, yeah. I mean, it looks like it's he might bad. be out for the season, let alone this week. Uh, and somehow, some way, they were able to come back and beat Florida State. I don't think they completed a pass in the second half. They ran the, the backup quarterback a little bit. Now there's film of him. Syracuse is off a of bye. They're unbeaten. They're feeling good about themselves. I'm not a big Dave Duran fan. I just think it was more, what is this line if they don't come back? If stupid, idiotic Florida State's Jordan Travis doesn't throw an interception at the end of that game, I I don't know here. So three and a half, even though my you know pure power rank says NC State's a play, but let's see how much. If we get clarification that Leary is definitely out, I think Syracuse should be laying more than three and a half here. I know. You listen, I'm not a man that that you know is short on hyperbole all the time. That Jordan Travis interception, when you factor in the situation, like the yeah. throw and what I remember, I was like watching that and thought that maybe he th- thought like somebody jumped offside. That is one of the worst interceptions I have seen in my entire life in college. They're in field goal range to win it, and he chucks up like a. Uh, the jump ball to nobody in the corner that basically the, the corner comes down like it's a, like it's a punt because there's nobody even around him. Um, that was a horrific INT. Um, I'm leaning with you. Um, I, I, I was, um, you know, I, this is one that, again, it's it's some sharp movement back and forth here. I totally agree. Leary, it looked bad. Uh, I don't see any way he plays this week. It would be a cuse or nothing for me, um, but at you know, and it's one of those that that I was really looking, you know, for one of that at like three. I can see the play. I, I just at low total going to be a grinder where it's yeah. one where, you know, like at four, I wouldn't play it at three. Um, there's still, yeah, a couple of three trailing around. I think it's worth a play. Um, just uh, as you said, from a numbers perspective, like one that that can get mucked up and then it'd be, you know, Syracuse covering, uh, you know, a number that above a field goal gets I like the spot, but from a numbers perspective, um, it, it'd just be three for me. But, yeah, I don't – that NC State offense second half, I, it's hard to see that working here uh, against Cuse. Yeah, I, I think – I really like Syracuse's defense coordinator. I just don't see NC State with a backup quarterback having success against that Syracuse defense. And I think it's underrated. We'll see, though. Again, let's get clarification later in the week. And you mentioned it. I'm seeing, it, along with you, difference of opinion there – Speaking of difference of opinion, I think we've already seen it in this game coming up. It's uh, the late game as far as ranked on ranked matchups. We knew it would be one of the bigger games before the season. Uh, Utah hasn't lived up to their end of the billing, but USC certainly has. We got USC at Utah, and despite you know USC being the much more highly ranked team, we have Utah, a three and a half point home favorite in this one. I'll be, I am not a USC guy at all. I would say the spot probably says Utah, but my goodness, I just, and see, you see a difference of opinion in the market. Look at that. As much as five, you can lay three, take five. Uh, I, Utah has really disappointed me. They disappointed me at the line of scrimmage, particularly. They don't have Keithy at tight end where they could give you that one, two dynamic punch at tight end. That's very unique. They don't have that. USC defensively, I think is getting better. What's say I actually want to hear Kanish's take on this one. I'm I'm kind of back and forth. I hate to say it. Uh, I really hate to say it, but uh, I know uh, you know a friend of the show who I've liked to fade a few weeks who got us a good was on USC and they got bet right back. But I played some USC three, three and a half. I, I can't get to that number with, with a team that I, I think is more talented than Utah. It's not a classic Utah defense that's been very good uh, in a number of spots. Some of their early season results, too, like the loss to Florida and stuff, like if you're treading backwards, that hasn't well. They, no, no. And just it's been kind of an underwhelming team uh, in a number of aspects. The Oregon State game, they're, you know, no one goes out um, and they get a bunch of turnovers in that game. So it, it inflates the result. Um, I, you know, and it's one that I, I wouldn't have imagined myself on USC here. I know, I know it's a spot that a lot of people were looking at oh, Utah at home. That, um, can't get to three and a half. Just can't do it. Strictly, uh, I know you know people like Utah. And the Utah is going to be you know a little popular on there, but for me, 
can't get to three and a half. I think this game should be around pick. Uh, I think Utah's performances have been quite underwhelming for for the majority of the season at this point. It's just are who they are, and it's it is USC offense that that I think is a league. They have the, the gun on their head. I think they have the better players, the better roster. Um, and again, the USC defense, which was I, I, by no means a great unit, incrementally some improvement. If you've seen yeah. it. it, it hasn't been. As bad as you know, I thought it could be going. And it's the start of the year uh, where they're playing track meets and giving up, you know, a thirty to rice or whatever that. So uh, for me, I took some three and a half. Uh, I'm not going to again a lighter position. Not anything I'm going to tell you is a play of the year, but uh, I, I had to play that number. I don't think I don't think Utah deserves that much respect. Agree. Uh, Tui Tui, uh, Tui Pelotu on defensive line is a stud for SC. I'll tell you a guy on offense. I know Caleb Williams gets a lot of love. Uh, Jordan Addison, Mario Williams. You know who's running really freaking hard? Travis Dye for USC. Yeah, yeah. Every time I'm watching him, I mean, he just runs with authority. The, the, the transfer from uh, Oregon, I, I think, is one of the more underrated backs, even though he's a known commodity here. Uh, I just I think he's the most underrated aspect of USC's offense. I didn't expect him to be as good as he is. So I agree with you. Three and a half. Uh, I'm going to lean SC there. Uh, we do have another ranked on ranked matchup. I'll get to that in, in a second. Uh, any other big games you're looking at before when we get to a few others and then best bets? Well, that, that guy. I know we're going to we're going to touch it on Kentucky because that I see the recently I have mentioned the regular season win under that I bet that I bet way yeah. too much on is now bad Will Levis. Someone go step on his foot. I'll pay. If there's somebody in Kentucky in the chat, they want to kick him in the whatever he's got going on with a walking boot. Uh, yeah, I'll bet I'll bet you a thousand dollars because without him, they got no shine. And he's a guy who I didn't even you know. There's all this uh, number one pick is going to be any of that. I don't even think he's been that great of a college quarterback by any means. But the downgrade uh, that they had um, that, that that game for Kentucky just just yeah, and and that's a bad bad South Carolina defense that they, they were not able to do much of other than hand it off to Chris Rodriguez and try and churn out some yards. Um, yeah, th- this is one that uh, if Levis does not come back this week, and I know the number's gone crazy, it's gone yeah. out the window now to seven. Um, I would still, if he doesn't come back, I'd still lay it. And I will say, I don't know, that that's one of the Agreed. quarterbacks I don't feel good knowing uh, the knowing the status of what he's actually going to play this week. Um I think some other ones we, we kind of have an idea. That one I'm really not sure, um, but I would still lay seven. Uh, I think they get absolutely housed um, if he doesn't play. That was one. I circa opened three. I didn't get there fast enough. I mean, it was crazy th- 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 this week. Uh, I just didn't get to a lot. Uh, I still laid six, though, so we'll see. You're right. The back the backup's really bad. I mean, yeah. it, it's well below average backup. Uh, I'm anxious to hear uh, – how did you find out the news on, on Levis? Because that was a pretty big story last week that, that broke in the marketplace. How did you find out about it? You know, uh, a little birdie uh, started telling me that uh, somebody had uh, somebody that you know has some uh, significant influence was was loading up uh, when it was around ten. So um, you know, was able to to jump in. I didn't even get the the official word that, but once you saw the market go down from, I mean, this is listen. It, 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 no matter what a coach says, as, as you, I think you outlined this uh, on uh, on Twitter there when you saw the number go for, at yeah. uh, when uh, Mark Stoops says, "Oh no, no, I don't think anybody's out this week." When it goes from seven, uh, you know, to five and a half, back to say, "Well, guess what?" You know, like the mo- the money tells all. So um, yeah, I, I had a little bit of uh, someone tell me that somebody with influence was was loading up there. So I, I like you know, it was one of that I kind of like the number anyway, even with that. Um, and then once you saw it, you know, it, it keep pouring in, then, then you know, people already know. It's one of those that you already know before they even have to say anything. So um, Yeah, I have regret not betting money line. I, I loaded up plus 10 big time, probably my biggest bet uh, of the year. But I didn't – my dumb ass didn't do money line. Because I'll be honest with you, South Carolina, I think, is not that very good. Spencer Rattler sucks. Yeah, I bet. Defense. Yeah, I, I mean, wasn't I, one I that kept buying it. Play calling. In that one, I mean, I would have ran Rodriguez until he couldn't, you know, he could walk, couldn't walk. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I was still worried at halftime that I might not cover. To be honest, I, with you. I, I agree with you. Like, it was yeah. one that I didn't, you know, keep buying it through. When I, you know, on Saturday when people are buying it through the six, through the four, through that, uh, you know, I stopped after that early buy because um, I, I, I agree. With you. I, I had no faith in 
South Carolina just just as a team. But I mean, it was the right side, no doubt. So um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm I, Kentucky arrow down if, if Levis can't go big time. Let's talk another peculiar line for for this week. I think you and I have agreement here. Line got away from us a little bit. I'm, yeah, before shows, I know where you're going. <laughs> yeah. We got Minnesota favored by six and a half on the road. Low total as well over a ranked Illinois team, an Illinois team that's you know far exceeded expectations so far. I think you and I are going to have a similar handicap here. I want to hear your take first. Uh, Minnesota, almost a full touchdown favorite against the Fighting Illini. Yeah, this is one that you know what I was I was watching that uh, Illinois Iowa game uh, as soon as Devito went down, played some Iowa live there. Um, was was in the beautiful city of Detroit, uh, you know, hopping around trying to get as much uh, Minnesota down quietly as I could uh, last night. I'll tell you, what. Chicago, you lay? Uh, I laid some money. Honestly, I, I liked the money line when it was around minus one sixty five, one seventy five, better than the the three and a half there. So. Was laying that. Um, I'll tell you what, though. This is this is a very similar to what the game we just talked about. If it's Sikowski, I'm still laying the six and a half. I don't know, he is no business. Uh, I mean, yeah. that's who I'm playing Power Five uh, football. Um, I mean, at one point there, he was like eight of nineteen for like twelve yards. Like they, they just everything falls. And that's one that I wasn't even a Devito guy, but the difference between Devito and Sikowski. Uh, Huge difference, uh, and I think it's Ibrahim should be back. Um, for yeah. what you know, this is one that again, I'm not sure. I think just and again, not a doctor, but I think it's a high ankle sprain for Zavito. That he was in the tent forever, they took his helmet away. He never tried to test it. If it's a normal ankle sprain, usually you tape it up, you try and give it a go. Yeah. He never tried anything, he just sat on the bike for the rest of the game. I would be surprised if he played, and if it's Zakowski, I'd still lay it because. I that Sikowski belongs in Eastern Illinois, not regular Illinois. (laughs) Maybe not even Eastern Illinois, to be honest, (laughs) considering their quarterback history. Uh, Yeah, I hear you on that. I think it's a good spot for Minnesota. Market kind of forgot about them because they lost outright to Purdue. That was a game they mucked up, missed a field goal. There was some other red zone. Ibrahim didn't play their best offensive player in the game. They're yeah. probably too confident after they destroyed their first four opponents. Uh, you know, Purdue got their quarterback back. Uh, so I think it's a good buy low spot, believe it or not, even though the market says it's not now at least. But also, yeah. Illinois, even if DeVito plays, not going to be 100% if it's high ankle. Um, he said it's he re-aggravated an injury that he's had prior, so that could always happen again. And you're right. I think even with a limited uh, – a team with a very limited offense – there's still a significant three, four point drop off from DeVito to Sikowski. And you're right. I would not have thought that coming into the season. So I just I also think this, look, I know they beat up Wisconsin. But that's still a very physical game. So he played that two weeks ago. Then he played another physical game against Iowa. And now you're playing another physical team in Minnesota. You're Illinois. You're not Ohio State or Michigan as far as the depth. They're not just beat up at quarterback. There's some other yeah. players that were dropping like flies in that game. So they lost their best linebacker. Juice Williams got dinged up. So yeah, yeah. you're right. It's not just uh, the quarterback drop off. Uh, and it, they're they're. I put them in the the Michigan State category of you can't lose players like that. This isn't Ohio State where you know uh, Smith and Jigba goes down. It's like oh, let's get that next five star dusted off here. That that's ready to go. You know. You, you've only got a, a very thin, too deep of, of players. You start losing guys, and it, it, the, the level of play drops down real fast. So, yeah, if it's uh, if it's art this week, uh, then I'm going to, you know, paint a little bit more Minnesota. You know what? Go ahead and put me down. I'll put it down as the best bet at six and a half. I'm comfortable at six and a half. Low total. I know you're a road favorite. Six and a half. That'll be a best bet for me here on Minnesota. Uh, any other games standing out to you before we get to other best bets here? What's one that, uh, you know, has a little bit of uh, intrigue for me coming out? I want to get the uh, the current line on it where it's at. Um, is going to be, you know, uh, our old, I know you got the hat on, our yeah. old favorite on the show, um, the Notre Dame-Stanford. Uh, and I know, I know Notre Dame's been playing well. I know I've dogged him in a few bats, even, even, even lost, you know, the North Carolina fade. Um I'm buying Stanford at 17. I can't get to 17 in this game. Uh, 
I thought some of the early numbers that were around, you know, 13 and a half, 14, you can tell me that. I can't get to the tree at, at 17 there. Uh, I think it's a Stanford offense that's still, you know, again, not great. I know they gave up, I mean, horrific, horrific play to lose that Oregon State game at the end there. Um, but I think it's an offense that can do enough, and we go back to the old script of Notre Dame laying too much, too many points and wanting yeah. to just run the ball and play conservative offense here so you can lock me in. Some plus 17 there on the tree. I think it's too high. Even even if we're talking, even if you like you agree with this this number, I think stylistically, this is more of the game that I want to fade Notre Dame in here, where now the the markets come back up on them and they're laying, you know, three scores here as a team that that wants to play conservative football, uh, lean on their defense and lean on the run game. And Stanford's got a little bit, you know, again, they got an NFL quarterback, they got a little bit of explosiveness. Uh they'll, they'll score enough here. Give me the 17. Uh, I'm back to the Notre Dame fade well after taking some time off after they hurt me against UNC. I'm back here, uh, even though Marcus Freeman uh, has, you know, they've, they've given me wrong. They've saved the season. They've turned it around. Too many points here for me. Yeah, I'm not going to disagree. Maybe, maybe slightly on how the game can play out. I think Stanford plus 17 is definitely the right side. Believe it or not, I, I got a best bet. I, I like the over. I like over okay. 52 and a half. I think Stanford is going to have success in the pass game. Notre Dame's pass defense stats look good, but they have break, multiple breakdowns every game, no matter – even last week, you look at the stats, oh, my God, they held Jaron Hall down. There still was multiple big plays in the pass game that they allow, and I think McKee will have his way. He'll have a couple of big pass plays, probably, probably touchdowns on the board. We've seen this from Notre Dame consistently on defense, so – They've been better, but there's still some holes in that secondary, especially because they're playing, you know, two other top five guys are fresh, true freshmen. On the other side, though, I am liking what I'm seeing with the Notre Dame offense, and I watch every play of every Notre Dame game, and they've left points on the board. I mean, I wonder what this total is. Estimated North Carolina game fumbled at the goal lines, diving, fumbles, gets it popped out. Last week they had three trips inside the BYU seven-yard line, ended up with a total – of six points where that, that game probably should have been 38 to 20 instead of 28, 20. And again, if they're punching it in like they should, which probably, you know, you could be worried. Is it a trend? Uh, I don't know. I, I just think it's a couple of instances the last couple of games where they've had issues. They didn't have issues, believe it or not. The first, they just had issues moving the football the first couple of games. Uh, I'm liking what I'm seeing from Drew Pine. I think they'll have success running the football on Stanford. I think Stanford's game against Oregon state, Obviously, we saw a lot of steam towards the under there because Oregon State's quarterback was out. So I actually think that scoring was held down a little bit. So that I like over 52 and a half. I, I you know, I, I was surprised. I thought it should have been 54, 55. Yeah, not going to get a disagreement from either. I, 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 as much as, uh, you know, I've dunked on Drew Pine and some pocket, they, they've really, Tommy Reese, I'll give him credit. I, it is, it is a good coaching staff. They were able to, to kind of to write the ship here uh, from something that looked like. Just um, as you say that, you know they're going to lose the Stanford. Yeah, I know that. I'm hoping. I hope so. Uh, but yeah, no, that they were able to to kind of put it together here um, and make the offense more functional. Mike Meyer, uh, you know, he, he's he's kind of a guy that's been able to to type it all together for him uh, and put some big games back to back to back. So yeah, they I, they you know I, I like I'll agree with you like that over there, uh, and I'll take the points. Fair enough. Over and Stanford there. Double best bet. I'm going to go to a weeknight game for another best bet. And I think the Lions going to close 14. It's all about getting the right number. You don't believe us? Look, look no further than the TCU best bet last week. These half points matter around relatively key numbers. I'm going to lay 13 and a half with SMU. I don't mind playing against Navy off their by far best performance of the season. An outright upset as a dog. A blowout win as an underdog outright. And I don't mind playing again on an SMU team that the market loved last week. Joey Kanish was one of them that loved them. I didn't love SMU. My power rank said play against SMU last week. My power rank said play on Navy last week. You know, both of them were right. And yet my power rank say this line should bring probably 14 and a half, 15. So I like that when I'm against one team uh, the, the, the week before and I'm on that team. And then all of a sudden it's reversal to me. That says that there's an overreaction to, to, both results from last week, I'm okay with it. So SMU minus 13 and a half, they rebound off the blowout loss that was just misleading. There was 
I mean, they had several drives there that should have scored against UCF. So uh, 13 and a half for me. What say you, Kanish? Let me tell you something. If I lose oh. money betting against Navy again, I'm going to have to enlist in the Navy to, to, to pay off the, <laughs> you know, the, the, the loan debt that, that whatever I can get the GI bill. So I don't have that. Uh, I, Again, I'm not going to disagree. You you don't have to talk me in the fading navy. Uh, I'm hoping that that SMU you know has somebody on staff, unlike Pulsa, that's that's seen a triple option before, and you know like hey, they're going to hand it to the fullback. Like hey, hey, hey does anybody know? So um, I agree. I don't think uh, you know this should be. And Tulsa was eventually able to get it going a little bit on offense, but again, it's a neat. I think this Navy defense is so overvalued and what they've been able to do last few weeks. I don't buy it. I don't buy it. I don't buy it. Uh, I think SMU should actually be a team uh, that can expose them and, and put up points there. Um, and, and you'll just be reliant on, on hopefully SMU, you know, having a pulse um, and, and slowing down the option a bit, uh, which I thought Tulsa could do, which Navy's triple hasn't been great all year until last week. But uh, Hey, you don't have to talk me into five. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'll keep uh, at the blackjack table, keep doubling down until you know they pull me away here against Fade Navy. So yeah, I'm with you. Uh, you're not going to get any Navy defense from me other than uh, they've, you know, uh, my uh, future son can't go to college anymore. He's going to have to join the Navy. So <laughs> there you go. You got any other best bets? That's it for me. I'm sorry, guys. I I see in the chat that they wanted a game of the year. I don't have one this week, to be honest with you. I. I mean, the board's been crushed. I couldn't even get to openers yesterday at 11 a.m. I mean, I couldn't get the stuff I wanted to bet. I swear it got botted. I mean, people are asking me, what happened? Where's all the movement today? You know, as far as the totals, I'm like, yeah, there was there was movement yesterday within 20 seconds of the open. You know, right. no, 15 games sure. move six points in a minute. So I, I don't know what to tell you all. So I, this is a lower volume. First week of the year, I'm – a little bit lower volume. Uh, I'm usually a guy that bets like 60 or more on the open. I bet 40. I know that sounds like a lot, but that's, you know, in one week you go from 60 to 40. That, that's a, a lot of volume cut down uh, when, when you're betting open. So that's all I got right now. I mean, if I got more, I'll put it in the, the bet stamp, uh, the marketplace. As we get more information, we also went speaking of more information for me. I mean, we got five, six games again with quarterback injuries. You know yep, what I yep. didn't mention? I kind of, you know, Hint, hint, wink, wink. I, I'm kind of liking Arkansas because I think K.J. Jefferson's back. And watching the BYU-Notre Dame game, I think Jaron Hall's not 100%. Okay. And if they can't throw the football in Arkansas, I know I hate the travel trip, though, to elevation. I know. Stuff. I know. We talked about their Arkansas spot last week about how brutal it is. Yeah, on them and I just, they need a win. They can't lose four straight games. Are you kidding me? But, I mean, with Jefferson back, I think BYU stinks, to be honest with you. Again, I thought Notre Dame should have won that game by 17 or 18 points. And that's, you know, two times now where Oregon really took care of them, Notre Dame really took care of them. And from a power ratings aspect, Arkansas is not too far away from those two teams. So uh, that's one to keep an eye on. I'm not there yet. I would love, you know, I'm there at Proline plus two and a half. Yay. <laughs> plus two and a half on the team that's favored in the marketplace. Uh, I got to move to Canada, uh, it looks like. Seriously, uh, uh, I'm going to go up. You know what? Number one, uh, when the guys that played, it was last week. It was last week. We told you Tennessee. We couldn't shut up about Tennessee. We both took Tennessee. We had Tennessee all week. Yeah. So, hey, if you wanted to play it here, it was last week when we couldn't shut up about Rocky Top and they won by 30. Um, I agree. I don't have one that I'm, like, as bullish on uh, as some of them we've had the last few weeks. And just, again, macro discussion. We've said, I'm fine. Uh tapering down the action a little bit as, as the season goes along. Uh, the market gets tighter. People are going super early. I, I mean, that's what, you know, I think last week's show, there was a lot more, uh, you know, value that we were showing in the afternoon. A lot of stuff went early today. I mean, Minnesota's one that I would have been very bullish on. Obviously, that got away some of the other quarterback stuff. One more that I still like, uh, even right. though it's drifted a bit, uh, is – I'm going back. I haven't been on this this pirate ship in two years. Uh, it's because it's where I was on the Holt Naylor ship for very early, uh, and I got pillaged. My, my bankroll got pillaged so often by this bum early in his career here uh, that, you know, I, I'm, I'm lucky I'm still above water. I'm going to East Carolina, uh, so minus four and a half. I played some four. I'm still playing some four and a half. Uh, I see, uh, you know, the, Chris is up to six. Uh I'd be okay playing, you know, still plenty of four and a half in the market. 
think Memphis sucks. Uh, really, they, you know, I, I mean, I couldn't believe they blew that game. I was really hoping they wouldn't. Um, I think we might even be a little cheaper if they finish that game off against uh, the corpse of Dana Holgerson last week instead of losing it. Um, I had, I guess, right, I've left East Carolina games mostly alone for, for like the longest time. He's bringing me back, baby. Give me the old Nailers train. Uh, I, it's a Memphis fade. I've been waiting for this spot. Uh, I will take East Carolina. I think it's a good spot for them to hammer Memphis, who I really don't respect. Um, and East Carolina's, uh, you know, had a couple of performances. I've been waiting for the right spot. Um, and when it doesn't cover, it, uh, it'll be it'll be Navy and the Pirates for me. They're, they're the only teams I can't make any money on. Uh, but give me the four and a half there. Uh, as a final best bet, I like, I like, I just, I, I just think it's a lines up. You mentioned earlier about when a couple things line up in terms of spot and a team you're high on, team you're low on. I'm low on Memphis, been rising up on East Carolina. Give me the four and a half. I don't disagree. I think with the way Memphis lost last Friday, that could be, they could lose. I mean, that, that could turn into multiple losses in a row. The way, I mean, you had that game. I mean, you, you're competing to, you know, be right there for the conference championship. And you lose a game like that to Houston in the final seconds. I just, I think that's still in their thought process this week. So I, I hear you on East Carolina. I will say this. I want your feedback before we end this. I want your feedback on this. Uh, I have found that a couple weeks, once we get into mid-October, there are a couple of lean weeks where I'm just like, ah, I don't like the board that much. But believe it or not, you would think the numbers get super tight in November. You know what I think happens, though? I think there's a lot of guys that bet college football, they leave the market. What are they mm-hmm. doing? They're betting college basketball because yeah. there's so much more value in that. I sometimes find myself in the last two, three weeks of November finding as much value as what I did in September, believe it or not, even though we got all these data points, because a lot of the sharp guys that are firing into everything aren't. They're they're betting college basketball. Yep, no, that's a good point. Uh, obviously, there's some uh, you know bigger services out there. I think move on. You know they they see more. I mean, and then actually, it's some, I mean, is there more va- in November? Is there going to be more value on 120 college basketball games than there is yeah. on week, week nine of college football? Yes, of course. So yeah, I, I think it it uh, you know it makes sense from a business perspective from them. I'm interested to see you know as as gambling you know got more legalized and bigger there's a lot of people trading out there there's a lot more eyes on the the market so i'll be interested to see if that that kind of still rings true um going forward um but no i agree with you so well you know it'd be one of those kind of a uh as as things have changed you know like we discussed where sunday the liquidity is much higher than it's ever been monday morning people are moving on totals than they've never been that's another thing that you know just because it's historically been that way i don't know will it be there again we'll have to see um so I'll be interested. Um, the issue uh, I wanted Heisman. Well, I, I, there is a 150 out there uh, oh. that I might have uh, that added some. I know we talked about a a CJ Stroud uh, a few weeks ago. I am having trouble seeing Ohio State get off track there. Uh, I know most places have gone to him. Minus 125, minus 140. Oh there's still a plus 150 at, uh, they might call themselves the king of sports books. Uh, they're, not, they're not paying me to say that, though, so maybe I'm not, I'm not going to give them a shout out. But um, I bet some more last night. What do you think? Because I'm having trouble seeing. I love uh, it. Unless, I just don't I see it. It's the biggest Heisman position of the offseason. I bet a dozen guys, but my biggest one was C.J. Stroud. So I know that hurts you, but I mean. I mean, they're just not going to the Big Ten. Numbers. He what? finally threw a pick, I mean, last week. But still, yeah, and then he followed it up with six straight touchdown drives. So, uh, yeah, they, I, if there was. I'll go a step further. I think the Buckeyes win the national championship. I, I can't, you know, I, it was the only uh, national title future I bet in the summer. And I, I, I and even that that slow start, uh, I mean, that's all gone. Uh, and, they, and they've done oh. it without Njigba being even like, remotely a factor in the offense which is insane um so you know what like i get the the biggest factor for me is the big 10 um almost every player who you thought would have been uh you know a challenger to them in the 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 big 10 has kind of seemingly taken a step back and i I think michigan is good i don't think michigan is good enough um and he's gonna roll i mean he's gonna roll into that game where it's basically if he wins that, they go undefeated. 
how where who else are you gonna vote for? You know what I'm saying? It's like if, if Hooker can beat Alabama and Georgia, maybe sure, but yeah. good luck with that. So uh, I don't see anywhere else it goes. Uh, I think it's just lining up for him. Agree. Uh, I'm rooting for him to say the least. I'm uh, not, but that, I think I'm now my pocketbook starting yeah. to root for him now. Well, so. I mean, that's what I root for anymore. I mean, I, I don't even have hardly any allegiances to Notre Dame. If I bet against him, you know, f him for that week. I, I, I want to make money. So, uh, speaking of that, I mean, you want to make money, uh, you know, against my Fighting Irish this week. I'm okay with it. Uh, let, let's cash some tickets here uh, on Hit yep. the Books. Unless you've got anything else, that'll do it for this week. No, I uh, I like it. Uh, hey, FSC, are you surprised? Last one, Clemson. I saw somebody mention in the yep. chat. You surprised that got down to three? I'm not surprised Florida State took money. I'm surprised it hit three. Wow. Circa was trading three today uh, for, for – I missed it. I was away from the screen a little bit. Yeah, too low, way too low. I mean, I honestly – I think the market's been too low on Clemson for a majority of the year. I found myself – I bet against them last week. I mean, it's 20 on the opener. I mean, Circa's certainly lower on Clemson than I am. Yeah. yeah I mean, even three a power play. I mean, even at three and a half, I'm taking Clemson. I'm not a big – Norvell guy, man. It just wasn't the decision to allow your quarterback to do that last week. But, I mean, he's he's pitching the ball at the goal line in the opener against LSU to wrap up the game when he could just, you know, hand the ball off three times, score a touchdown, game over. No, he's pitching it. Like, I mean, it's 1985 Service Academy football. I, I don't know, man. I, I, I think Clemson's the, the right side there. So, yeah, I, I am surprised. Why you're telling me you got a piece of that three or what? Took a little, you know, but I was on uh, some, you know, I got I had some Florida State, you know, uh, look ahead stuff uh, that that was that was juicy. So um, for me, it was more just, you know, kind of de-risking uh, on some of the good Florida State numbers I had because I agree it got down too low there. Um, and, and, but I, even at three and a half, I agree with you. I'm 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 surprised it's got down this low. Um, I'm just not, yeah, I'm not as. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm a little confused by that. It's much bullish uh, nature of the, the, the Florida State. Um, and for me, it's not even. I'm not even a you know a Clemson lover on that. I'm just uh, not as as in love with this Florida State team uh, in a number of ways there than than appears to be uh, the the market favoring them. So yeah, that's an odd one for me. Uh, and the only thing I have is uh, I don't even know if I can say this. Fuck Lane Kiffin, take a knee. You classless son of a bitch. How are you about to punch it in with ten seconds later on Vanderbilt? Have some class. Jesus Christ, I know he knew the spread. He hadn't covered. He could barely cover all year. I know he knew the spread, and he had been on his terrible ATS record this year, and he punched it in and then, then says, oh, the play clock was run down. I didn't know what to call. Get the fuck out of here. So, that yeah, that cost me some money last week. But- I will address John real quick in the chat. Uh, Buffalo minus 16 and a half. Uh, as long as win's not a factor there, I lean over in that game. 16 and a half, you're right. I, I, I'd make the line 17 there. You're right. Kent State. Uh, plus nine seems – I mean, Toledo w- w- benefited greatly from turnovers last week. Kent State continues to move the football but doesn't score. That, uh, it's, it's insane. They're, they're, they're like yardage to points uh, difference. It's just, just mind-blowing. So Yeah, Kent State plus nine for me uh, I think is definitely the right side. In fact, I mean, he's on to me. I was waiting to see if that went to 10. At 10, that is best bet material for me. Like best bet of the week material, not just one best bet, the best bet. We'll see if it cl- continues to climb on Toledo. I doubt it, though. We'll see. Uh, the, if that's it, that's it for me. If that's well, it for that, you, buddy. That wraps it. That was a good one. Well, I, uh, I Hopefully we can uh, keep it rolling. Let's do it. 22 and 12 on the best bets. Let's. Uh, good luck to our best bets this week. Thank you all for watching. He is the man, the myth, the legend himself, Joey Kanish. I'm Brad Powers. You just watched Hit the Books, part of the Hammer Betting Network.